Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome into the show. I am Jim Martin. I am joined by Brad and Greg, two titans in the industry. Gentlemen, uh, excited you're here. Thanks for joining us. Look, uh, we are three guys who have built practices from the ground up to $100 million plus books of business, sharing our ideas, our tactics, and our uh, and the ways and processes we got there with you, the listener. So we hope that this will provide you with some clarity on where you want to go and how you want to build your business. Look, if you want to connect with us, we have a private Facebook community. Just go out to Facebook, type in the Financial Advisors Edge community and join the group. We've got uh, we've got hundreds of members in there. This thing is, has grown faster than I think any of us expected. And uh, our website, is uh, vfaedge.com. Again, that's vfaedge.com. You definitely want to check out the Century Club. We have an amazing all-star elite group of advisors sharing everything about how they got to where they're getting to. We unpack our practices as well. We let you kind of look behind the curtain exactly and specifically on what we're doing. So it's, it's really useful. And last but not least, look, if you like this show, if you think we're okay, leave us a five-star review. We love those five-star reviews. We'll talk about them on the show, and uh, we really appreciate if you do it. But with that said, we are talking today about mistakes uh, people make, uh, advisors make, to co- it costs themselves business. And, you know, Greg has a fascinating story about how he's been he's been mapping why people switch to him for years. And uh, Greg, I just want to throw it over to you. Let's talk about that. Like, what are some of the mistakes that that you hear from your clients that their previous advisors made? Yeah. Uh, so, so here's something that kind of a, a tip or you don't have to do this, but for, for years I've been asking prospective clients if, if they're, if they're currently working with an advisor, I want to know about that relationship. Um, and, and why they're leaving, why they're considering leaving. And, and rarely is it because of performance like we all think. Uh, so I want to know where, uh, that advisor is dropping the ball. You know, a lot of times it's, it's something like communication. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard from my advisor in three years or five years or whatever it is. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this advisor is is making a hell of a lot of money on your account. You got a half a million bucks or a million bucks. Why why are they not calling you just to kind of touch base, to to do a review meeting or a update session with you? And so they just haven't heard. So so that's mistake number one is is communication just sucks. You've got no process of communicating or updating you know, their retirement plan or whatever it happens to be, they want it, they expect to hear from us and they want to hear from us. This is a relationship business. And so many advisors forget that, uh, whether they, well, I don't have time to reach out to them or, or whatever it is. So that's, that's mistake number one. I know that's very, very simple. You know, the other mistake that I have seen over and over and over, and this is not, you know, from asking clients where their advisors screwing up, but no defined sales process. And you know, if if you're going to spend the money and, and do marketing and get all these prospective clients lined up, you've got to 
put the time in to develop a sales process and have a very, very rigorous and structured way of turning a prospect into a client, right? And it's, okay, I know every step along the way where we're at. And are we are we at the, the very beginning is obviously the qualifying, qualifying your prospect. Is this person a prospect or a suspect? And then it goes on and on and builds all the way up to when they're signing the paperwork to become a new client. Uh, Jim's got a very, very well drawn out and well thought out sales process. I do as well. So does Brad. We're going to we're gonna share that with everybody, uh, all the Century Club members, so you can see exactly what a good sales process should look like and how you can seamlessly walk people through it so they don't, you know, just kind of fall through the cracks. And you're, you're looking at your assistant going, uh, are we supposed to call Bob and Susie or are they going to get back with us? Or, you know, are they on the fence? What, you know, where are we at here? So that's that's a huge mistake that I see is no defined sales process. Uh, the last mistake, and I've got a list here and I'll, I'll toss it over the uh, two of you. But have you guys ever been in a meeting with another advisor and they are just, number one, they're talking 90% of the time and they are saying some things that you're like, uh, I wouldn't have said that. I, I, I wouldn't have said that. Why did you say that? This is a prospective client. They're not going to hire you. How about you, Jim? You know, advisors, um, advisors are their own worst enemy. And I, I've got I've, I've got a couple things here that I think advisors screw up on. Um, as well, but yeah, one of them is talking too much. Like your client, your client should be new, doing ninety percent of the the conversation. Um, I wrote down two quick ones that I'll share, and then we'll jump out right over to Brad for his thoughts on this. But one of the ones I I, I think people really <clears throat> fall in the traps is they pitch product like right away. Like they they pitch um their annuity or their model or their investments. And I don't think you should be talking about investments. Like maybe you talk about how you look at the investment world, but pitching a product right away. It just seems like that is a surefire way to let somebody know that you are a salesman and not looking out for their best interest. So I think those folks who lead with product, I don't think product should come up uh, maybe until the third meeting, until like they've agreed to become a client. We don't even show them an investment portfolio until they've transferred their money over. Um, so we, we don't get into any of that until somebody is, uh, somebody's became a client, but, you know, teach their own, of course, there's other people that do it different ways and they're very successful, but I think, I think by and large people screw that up right then. Uh, and then the other one, um, and, and this is more of an advice, but you know, the reason I see people leave advisors is it's like, it, it's not, it's usually death by a thousand cuts. It's usually not one specific reason, but it's. I've called my advisor and it took them like three days to get back with me, or I asked for this and it took them forever to do it, or they forgot. And at our practice, we have this idea that um, speed equals trust. So when a client calls in, we need to satisfy their issue as fast as possible. Like, like the, if they call in and they request a tax form, we put it in the mail that day and then we call them and let them know it's in the mail. And then three days later, we call them and remind them. If they call in and talk to an advisor, they don't get a call back four days from now. They get a call back, even if it's five minutes to say, got your message. I've got time on Tuesday. I'll give you a call and we can spend more time. So I think speed equals trust. I think those are the two issues that I see where advisors really drop the ball. How about you, Brad? I think you guys are both um, hitting the nail on the head. I, I like to think... Both of those are, are, in one word, their communication. And I think the number one mistake is not communicating enough with people. And I say people because 
it can be your clients. You need to talk to them all the time and you need to talk to prospects all the time too. And if you're doing those two things, assuming you're running your ship uh, legally and ethically otherwise, I think all the other mistakes are subordinate to that one. And I think the research shows pretty convincingly that number one reason by far that clients leave an advisor is lack of communication or slow communication, slow turnaround. Um, I'm going to throw another, I'm going to throw one out there that I made personally earlier in my career. Um, and that's focusing too much on investments. Uh, Jim, I'm with you now in that really, I almost feel like if by the time we get to investments, a couple meetings down the road, if they even really want to know about them by then, um, I've done something wrong in the sales process. Usually the relationship is built and the trust is already there where when we get to where the rubber meets the road, the the direction from them is, I trust you, do what you think is right, and uh, let me know what you need from me. Um, so, but early in my career, you know, I was I was spending so many hours meticulously going over how I would run the money, um, how I would tweak the portfolio, and how I was going to pitch it in the most sophisticated way possible. And you know, it's not even a laziness thing. It just turns out that that is a, a flat out wrong. You're not going to beat the market. There's no, um, in most cases, right? There's no magic bullet. There's no secret investment. There's no top secret strategy. Um, so don't overcomplicate it. It's a waste of your time and money and your clients. Um, and I think that's tied into also another big waste of time. I see even, even, even veteran advisors that are not, you know, certainly not considered rookies anymore. Man, wholesalers in general, just not a good use of your time in general. When you find a good one, that's a good strategic partner. Um, certainly, but one of the things that makes them a good strategic partner is they find out what you need and then they get it to you and don't take up a bunch of your time with, you know, face-to-face meetings that are, let's face it, to go over the fact sheet for their funder annuity that you could have downloaded from the website or to give you a bunch of annuity kits that again, you can download or order from the website. Um, that stuff's not a good use of your time. And I think that that's a big mistake that advisors make at all levels. I agree. Uh, and, and I had a wholesaler say to me, well, why, why won't you give me the time? Why, you know, I'm just asking for a 10 minute meeting. And what I said to him was, you're not going to, you're not a prospective client of mine. You're costing me. That's you're costing me business. You know, right. time is money around here. And th- that 10 minutes, which is going to turn into an hour because that, you know, this wholesaler is not going to ever leave. Um, he's going to try to butter you up and spend as much time with you as he can. Um, that's time I could have spent with a, you know, an A prospect. So, uh, it's, it's literally is costing me business. Um, I agree with you guys, as far as like the pushing product, talking too much about investments. I I heard that over and over. The majority of my client base is, is women in couples. Um, you know, women are a high, high, um, a percentage of my client base. And that's what they say. They all say, Hey, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want you to try to try to turn me into a financial expert. I don't need to know the beta and the standard deviation. And I, I, I don't need to know all that. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like if you went to your mechanic or if you had your fridge, you know, your fridge tech guy come and say, Oh, and, and he explains, you know, the ins and out of the fridge. It's like, I don't want to know all that. I just want the damn fridge to work. Or I, I want my car to work. I don't need to know what part you're using and every detail about what you're doing. Um, th- that's not important to me. I kind of just want to know high level 
uh, you know, I, my brother's a doctor and he doesn't tell people, well, your, your, your white blood cells are doing this and your, your red blood cells are doing this and we've got it and use all these fancy words because just go, it'll just go right over people's head. He's just got to kind of break it down high level. So, so they all understand him. And, and that's the thing. People don't buy what they don't understand. So if you're giving these elaborate, you know, product presentations and you're trying to impress people, they're not going to buy because they're, they're confused. They, what they what, what, what do they call that? Paralysis by analysis, I think is the, uh, the popular word. Yeah. Accurate. And, and, yeah. and some people are, are too embarrassed to admit, you know, Hey, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. But, but if, if, if my mom goes to the doctor and, and I say, well, what would the doc say? She's not going to start talking about white blood cells and red blood cells and all these, you know, she's not going to remember any of that. She just is going to say, well, the doctor said I need to take this and this and, you know, come back in two weeks. It's very high level here. And I think it's a huge mistake that, that, uh, that we as advisors make. Another thing is I, I know we, you know, we're who we are on, on this podcast, but you, you don't want to use vulgarity in, um, cause you, you might offend somebody, especially I, I deal with a lot of women. So I'm not going to say, you know, F this and, you know, son of a, you know, whatever it's, I, I will with Brad and Jim and, and, uh, <laughs> Jeff, you know, kind of joking around and stuff, but I, that don't curse, do not curse. And it's, it's going to gain you, uh, no points with people and don't be the advisor that always wants to talk politics, uh, d don't do it. Just, just leave it. Just, just leave it be. That's something you that are, you, you are on stage when you're in front of a prospect. Yeah. The, everything is a, it's not an act. I mean, we're professionals that care about our clients that do a great job, but you're on stage. So you need to treat it as such like, a guy that's a CEO of a company still puts on shorts and a t-shirt on the weekend and goes out and grills burgers and, and drinks beer. But on Monday, when he goes in the office, he's in a suit and tie and he's professional. Yeah. It's, it's just very different. And you've got, you've got to be on stage when you're in front of people. You know, guys, what do you think on the, as Greg was explaining some of those things got me thinking, I, I really believe if you are going to go down some of those paths, like politics, I've seen advisors build entire practices that have a political tilt or that have a religious tilt, you know, but I, I feel like if you go and do that and you start bringing your religion or your politics or anything along those lines into business, you mean you need to carve out that niche as your business. I think I agree complete there. There, I know, I actually know two to three people that have huge businesses, uh, but they have went all in like they've went so deep into I'm a political affiliation or I'm a religious affiliation that that's all they talk about. Because if you only, if you half-ass that, you're going to offend both sides. Yep. You, you've got to be authentic to it. So look, if you want to be the ultra conservative and that's who you are and that's important to you, God bless you. Go do it. Yep. If you want to be super liberal and that's your go, go do it, but don't be in the middle because it's going to make you seem inauthentic. Be who you are. Like, and, and just, it's fine. You just have to know that there's certain people that aren't going to work with you. I made a decision personally to be kind of in the middle and not have that conversation ever because I, mm -hmm. I like people on both sides, but you don't have to do that either. If you want to work with like, I guys, I went to a conference and I shared this with you guys over text, but this guy got up and started talking about like, I don't work with people that are woke. Like, I mean, that pretty much spells out who the hell you are. You go out and say, I don't work with woke people. Like, 
everybody who's triggered by that kind of thing on either side, half of them are going to gravitate towards it. The other half are going to uh, say, there's never a chance I'm going to work with you. So I think, I think you're right, right on Brad. Right. right. On. So, so in that scenario, you would absolutely need to acknowledge 50% of the people I meet by chance are not going to do business for me with me for this very reason. So I better be damn sure that I find the people that do identify with whatever I'm, you know, aligned with and get them to do business with me. And then you can tailor it to appeal to them to an even larger degree. Yeah. You know, I'm a little different on this. Uh, you know, we're at the end of the day, like Jim Jim mentioned, we're professionals. So my doctor is not going to say I I only work with conservatives or people who aren't working. It's 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 like, hey, I, I don't need to know all that bullshit. You know, it, whether you vote Republican or Democrat, into, well, it, the, the, hey, I, I I just I just want good medical advice here, and we we provide financial advice. Right. That's, you know, financial planning. And we're trying to help people make better decisions financially so they have a better future. Why the hell do we even need to bring this? Is just my opinion. Why do you, why does politics even have to enter the equation? I guess I, I just marketing, marketing. Yeah. It, it's, it's marketing. But Greg, I can send you examples of three, four people that, that that's all they do, but they run, they run bigger practices than us. But I, for you, I don't think you would be authentic to yourself doing it. Like if you decided, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm in an area that's highly conservative or highly liberal, and I'm going to go that route to attract those people. And they know, like, if unless you like, unless you live, eat, and breathe that, you you're you're going to be fake, and you don't want to be fake when you do this. Like when you're you mentioned this before, like when you're going to sit down and talk about their grandkids, you actually have to actually act like you're interested, even if you're not. Even if like you're having a, it's the fourth appointment of the day, and you've talked about. 10 different dogs and 32 grandkids, you still have to be interested in what the heck they're talking about. Like you got to be authentic. And if you like you, if you're, if you're Mr. Conservative and religious, right. When you're, when you're on the radio and on TV and you get in front of a prospect and you start talking about how great, uh, the affordable healthcare act is, you know, you're going to, you're going to be in some real problems. Yeah. Not only not authentic, I just want to throw out there, because I've done that at times earlier in your career, and I don't know if you guys have, where you're like, I will be whatever I need to be to get the business. Yeah. And then as you're established, but you're still you're still living that charade with those people. Now, be real truthful here, like it's mentally exhausting. Being some, you know, it and it doesn't matter which one of these you are, it, it is exhausting. So don't discount that. Yeah, I mean, you need to come off as as likable and authentic in, in the meetings, right? And you need to be a good listener. Jim brought up that hey, the people should be talking ninety percent of the time. And I think the one of the biggest mistakes we make in, in our business is we don't ask enough questions. And you ask questions, it, it it shows that you care and you're interested, and 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 you're the advisor that that they want to work with. Versus the the person, and and there's this old line that I love. It's you know, telling is not selling. So if you're talking 90% of the time, you need to do this, you need to do this. It's like, people don't like to be told. You know, I had a client once that I said, oh, she goes, oh, I met with so-and-so, the advisor down the road. And I said, oh, how did that go? And she said, well, we walked into the meeting and the guy pointed to the chair and goes, sit right there. And she goes, I don't like to be told, you know, what, what to do. He he was like treating me like a child, you know, like here, sit right. He didn't say, have a seat wherever you would like, wherever you're comfortable. And this was a divorced woman, you know, just meeting someone for the first time. And the guy, her first interaction is, okay, sit right there. 
Uh, I, I just, um, we, we have to, we have to kind of view the meeting in, in our, our behavior in the eyes of the client or the prospect. How are we coming across to these people? And if, if you're the person that, you know, is, is whether you're talking, you know, whether you're cursing in the meeting, you got to understand that that might turn off some people. If you're, you know, bringing up politics, unless that's your marketing message and kind of who you're targeting, well, that's, that might turn off some other people, um, you know, shoving product down people's, uh, throats. Well, that, that's going to confuse people. That's definitely gonna, that kind of shows your agenda, right. For, for the meeting and, and people can, they can, they, they sense that. And it's going to scare people away. These are all mistakes that are costing you business. Another thing, I've got the last thing, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you guys. Having, you know, th- this business, we're, we're in sales, but if somebody's coming to us and they're they're saying, okay, I want to plan, wh- what I help people is, you know, plan for retirement, you know, transition into retirement. And, and they're looking for an advisor they can really trust to make decisions with their life savings. So if my office was was in the bad part of town, was was crappy and smelled. And, and my website had a picture for me of like, you know, 15 years ago, and it, it looked like I was hungover and this and that, you know, I, I see so many advisors websites that like, that was the best picture you could find. And you're going to put that on your website as a representation of your company. Are you out of your freaking mind? So put some time into having a good website. And, you know, telling me, hey, we do X, Y, and Z and, and spend the money on that because spend the money on your office. This is this is a perception. Somebody's getting introduced to you to, for the first time. How are you treating them? Are you shaking their hand? Are you acting their mind up about you based on all these factors? And, and a lot of advisors just don't understand how much business it's costing them. Uh, yeah, that's great, uh, Greg. I actually think, um, I think what you said, I, there's two things. Brad, when you talked about not being a chameleon, don't be a chameleon. You know, be be who you are. But if you don't want to, if you don't want to talk about something, don't talk about it. But you don't have to. You don't have to like just because somebody comes in and you know they hate one side of the aisle over the other. You don't have to like agree with them. You you can just say yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying and move on. And and Greg, what I think you're referring to is what I call failure factors. Um, I, I love that idea. Like you've got to eliminate areas where you can fail in the relationship. Shut up. Have a nice office. Uh, listen to what they're saying. Don't be pushy. Like eliminate areas where other people could fail, or you could fail as you're going through it. Let's let's kind of wrap it up and do some last thoughts here, and uh, we'll we'll kick it over to uh, to Brad. What, any final thoughts on this this show? You know what? I'm going to use my last uh, my last mistake as a as my final thought. Just really brief. This industry is hard, right? Our job is hard. Um, and a lot of the things that we have to do in order to be successful to most people, including us in our previous lives, sound like absolutely insane stuff that we shouldn't have to do. But we do have to do it. So, you know, if you're at a stage in your career where the, you're either early on or maybe you were on cruise control or you're in a lifestyle practice and you're getting back into growth mode, you might hear us talk about some of our processes and they might seem really, really um, complex and drawn out or sophisticated and time-consuming and expensive. And they sound that way a lot of times because they are. We have a high cost of client acquisition in our business. We're very labor-intensive to acquire the clients. 
Don't let that scare you away from doing the things that are required. Don't get distracted with shiny new objects that you hope can alleviate not having to do those things. We should be highly paid, and we are, but there's a reason for that because what we do is difficult. So roll up your sleeves and do the work. Right, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> do 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 the right do the right work. Uh, I got a couple of notes, and then I'll turn it back over to Jim. Uh, I love the quote that says, "You never get a ch- second chance to make a first impression." Um, it, it, as as far as your your uh, prospect meetings, meetings with prospects, uh, what happens in those meetings determines if they say yes. Uh, you've given us no reason to look any further. Or no, hey, we want to think it over. We'll get back with you, yada, yada. And and you never hear from them again. Um, And and so you can kind of control, you know, how how that meeting goes. It it needs to be a well- thought out, well rehearsed and how you're presenting not only you, your, your, your business and what you stand for. Um, it, it's all about, you know, perception and, and coming across as that advisor that, that, Hey, this person's a likable person. They seem, seem to know what they, uh, are, are talking about. We trust them. We want to do business with them. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I would say, get out of your own way. This is my own, my last things get out of your advisors are absolutely their own worst enemy when it comes to acquiring clients and keeping them take, if you have existing clients, solve their issues, call them, uh, make sure you answer their questions quickly. There's statistical evidence that proves that's one of the biggest things uh, clients or one of the biggest reasons why there's clients that are either satisfied or unsatisfied are the speed at which you deliver uh, on their request. And then as kind of Greg alluded to before, eliminate those areas where there could be failure. It, have a nice office. Make sure it's tidy. Make sure it's clean. I, it, make sure somebody stands up and greets them. Do all the things that are necessary to win. We hope this helped you. We hope there was one takeaway from this. If you can employ it, I think it will add value to your life. Remember to connect with us on our uh, on our website at thefaedge.com. We do have a private coaching group called The Century Club. You don't want to miss it. We only have spot, five spots available, so it's filling up quickly. Uh, love to have you as part of it if you're an advisor that is dialed into growing and getting better. Uh, again, that's vfaedge.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.